Welcome to the Frontline Herbalism Podcast with your host Nicole Rose from the Solidarity Apothecary. This is your place for all things plants and liberation. Let's get started. Hello friends, I'm so sorry for how long it's taken me to get another podcast out. Um, it has been a very turbulent time um, in my personal life in terms of um, some big relationship changes, but I'm not going to share about that. But I'm just going to say, yeah, there's been a lot going on and I've done two trips to Calais. Yeah, I just got back from Calais and it was quite a successful trip in terms of reaching people and getting medicine to people who need it and getting people to hospital. Um, and we had a really great team. So yeah, thank you so much to everyone who's been donating to our crowdfunder. And I've also been posting out our Plants No No Border t-shirts and our Solidarity Knows No Borders t-shirts with all these ama- amazing illustrations drawn by my friend Amani that are featured in like the Medicinal Herb Colouring Book and the Prisoner's Herbal. So yeah, I've literally just been like up to my eyeballs in t-shirts for days. If you follow me on Instagram, you can see in my stories, me pictures, pictures of me looking like real tired out. But little bonus episode for you today. The audio file here is an interview that I did with a podcast called Herb Rally. Um, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've probably heard of Herb Rally. It's an awesome resource, like super regular content, like different interviews, different like herbal top tips, plant profiles. Their back catalogue is really amazing. When I was doing my clinical training, I would often search it for like a specific thing. And there was always you know, like an hour long interview on arthritis or, you know, an hour long interview on uh, mother war or something, you know, like it's a really fantastic resource. And I know the team working on it are, yeah, doing their best to make a livelihood within capitalism. <laughs> so yeah, please support the show. About like an hour into the interview, I actually realized that like the video is also getting recorded. <laughs> so it's gone on uh, YouTube, but you maybe you hear me complain being like, ah, I didn't do my makeup. Um, So yeah. Anyway, you can also watch it on YouTube, but I won't talk for long now because the interview is about an hour. Um, It's all about the prisoner's herbal, just like a content warning. There are kind of like some graphic questions about prison, including references to like hunger and violence and things. So yeah. Um, but you know it's largely about the project and getting the book out to people and there's like a little bit of stuff in there about some of the herbs in the book so I hope you enjoy it and I'm going to be back soon with yeah more content about how to use kind of like canteen remedies like things that you can find on the like people in the so-called US say commissary um, kind of but also things you can find in your kitchen and how you can use them medicinally so look out for that okay thanks I just always come back to the same place of just like until like all the prisons are empty like I'm going to be doing this like if there's like humans and animals like in these cages then like this is my work and I know like the world is burning and there's like all these different like social struggles but like yeah I really feel like prisons are like my thing like it's not a fun niche but it's like yeah it's been really beautiful to combine it with herbalism because like yeah herbalism has always felt like the antidote like the you know the nourishing beautiful life-affirming thing that offsets all like the horror and the trauma welcome to the herbalist hour this is where community gather merging the power of people and the flowers the sweet and the bitter to the salty the sour oh mommy it's time for the herbalist hour. all right everyone welcome back to the herbalist hour today i'm joined by nicole rose and nicole is the author of a book called the prisoners herbal which i'm sure we'll be talking about a bunch today uh, she also has an excellent podcast go subscribe it's called the frontline 
Herbalism Podcast. So welcome to the show, Nicole. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, yeah, I'm curious, uh, how's it going today and where are you at in the world? So I'm in Somerset, which is the southwest of England, where we sound like farmers with like rolled R's. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I've been chuckling because I love how American people in the like so-called US say herb. It's like pretty entertaining <laughs> to me. Um, but yeah, it's very rainy here in like classic English fashion. Um, totally. Yeah. So yeah, we're the herbalist hour and it feels like alliteration. But how would you say that? The herbalist hour? The herbalist hour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was like my best Queen's English. Um, anyway, but yeah. Very good. Well, uh, I listened to your podcast yesterday and uh, I believe it was episode one where you kind of delve into your uh, prison story. And I was wondering if you'd be willing to share uh, why you went to prison and then a little bit about your experience, uh, how long you were in and whatnot. Sure. Um, so I did a three and a half year sentence when I was 21 and it was part of a campaign um, well, the charge was connected to a campaign against Europe's largest animal testing company, where they would kill like over 100,000 animals a year, been exposed for like massive um, abuses against animals like consistently. Um, and yeah, there was like a huge grassroots campaign against them for over a decade. And I was quite heavily involved. And yeah, the cops decided to charge us with conspiracy to blackmail. And they like effectively criminalized um a bunch of us they like raided and arrested like 32 people and then whittled that down to 12 um and then we all got kind of various different prison sentences um i mean there was you know there was elements of it that were involved a lot of direct action and liberations and criminal damage like it wasn't i don't want like greenwash it that it was this like squeaky clean campaign because it definitely wasn't um but it was very effective in like bringing this company like to its knees um and yeah, so in England, you do like half of your sentence generally, depending on the sentence type. So I did just under two years in prison. Um, and yeah, it's where it's where I found herbalism, which I'm sure we'll dive into. Yeah, um, I could only imagine being dealt like a three and a half year sentence, what that must have felt like. Um, and I, I would also like to jump into kind of some PTSD stuff later on. But um, I was curious if you could speak to... Uh, just the general like nutrition in the in the prison system because uh based on your podcast it sounds like you you found maybe ways of hacking it and getting increased nutrition but yeah what's like the the food like in there uh pretty awful and it's only it's only really getting worse um so i think like the average spend is about like two pounds a day per prisoner so you're looking at your most kind of like cheapest processed industrial food um like next to no like fresh vegetables um and yeah i'm celiac so it was just like horrific for my body um oh, and led to lots of like chronic health issues um which i've now recovered from thankfully but um yeah yeah it's just it's just like slop and to be honest like most of the time you're just like hungry like all the time and mm. if you're lucky to have someone send money into you which is, you know, a very small minority of prisoners like have that kind of family support or political support, then you basically like, if you get money sent in, you can complement your diet, you can buy things from the prison shop. So I would buy like muesli, 
um and like crisps and stuff but otherwise like yeah you're just you get what you get if that makes sense and you kind of learn how to like sleep on your stomach and like not exert yourself too much um and you know this is in England right like there's lots of like horrific prison conditions like around the world but yeah even in this like most industrialized nation on earth you're still pretty much going to bed like with a lot of hunger and yeah and so that was like partly why I got really interested in plants um like I worked in the prison gardens I eventually got a job there once I got enhanced and um worked with a bunch of amazing older women and like some traveler women um and yeah they like just taught me about herbs like oh you can eat this you can have this you can put this in tea um and so yeah I started just complementing the prison diet with stuff that I could find um so like dandelion leaves nettles uh plantain chickweed like anything that was growing that was edible I would like pick it and I would take it back to my cell and I would also share it with people on the wing you know they weren't always amused with me but like (laughs) you know people were into it and I think yeah I think um it really helped me like get through uh for sure and I get lots of letters from prisoners all the time and a lot of them also say the same thing of um how amazing it is to like have basically a fresh salad when all you're getting is like chips and pasta in one meal I mean I love chips but like (laughs) you know not not every day um yeah yeah uh my introduction to herbalism was via nutrition and uh i used to be a dietitian aide at the hospital here in oregon and i had this like idealistic dream that i was going to overthrow the way the hospitals do nutrition and you know and stop serving jello and whatnot and i decided that you know i started kind of going more the herbal route um is there any chance of uh increased nutrition in the prisoner's diet like is that part of your work are you trying to help reform that or anything or um like yeah my friend um kevin who's like in solitary confinement he actually wrote an article about this yesterday about prisoner food which i was going to share on the old instagram soon um it's not like particularly where like my focus of organizing has been um because it's like so systemic right like you said it's also in hospitals like it's just pure capitalism and like in the uk it's like super privatized um so it's like yeah it's kind of a struggle on like multiple fronts if that makes sense but i think the main focus is always just like generally advocating that people shouldn't be in prison and like preventing new prisons being built and like working towards you know things like decriminalizing like drug use for example stuff like that Mm. like I think that's more effective route however (laughs) it is getting like real desperate and people are really struggling and it's leading to like a lot more like increased violence in prison and um yeah a lot more like extreme like mental like psycho-emotional health issues so like I think yeah it could potentially be a campaign that like people take up if that makes sense um yeah, yeah. I, I guess why why increase the nutrition when we should just stop sending people to jail in the first place? So uh, at least especially for things like drug use, it's such a huge topic. So I'm I'm so uh, glad that there's people out there like you doing this type of work because it's something that I haven't thought too much about, uh, but it's super important. So thank you for doing that. Like for real, like it's it's really amazing work you're doing, especially combining the, you know, the herbalist aspect because there's i don't know of anybody else kind of doing that oh i can name drop a couple of projects later that i w- would recommend people check out um please yeah i'll include yeah. all that in the the podcast show notes and stuff but um i i really mm-hmm. liked the story about when you um 
you were, I, I want to say, hiding dandelion roots under your pillow. Uh, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So like in prison, it's not like you can harvest like a whole basket of things, right? Like it's tiny little courtyard, tiny little piece of grass, you know, like everything's mown like real short all the time. So it's like, yeah, some things are abundant, but some things are very like kind of sacred you know you might have like a couple of dandelion flowers for the whole yard and if you pick them then like you're preventing everyone else from seeing them um but like yeah and also like obviously herbalists know that like harvesting roots is like a really sacred thing like you're ending that plant's life or whatever so um but for me like I yeah I worked with dandelion like quite a lot as a kind of plant ally and it was like who I had under my pillow when I felt like unsafe because like the nights in prison, I think are like some of the hardest times. Um, and you know, in terms of people like screaming or like Ooh. horrible shit going down, like medical emergencies, like all this stuff. So I would sleep with like a dandelion root under my pillow and it would just make me feel like strong and resourced and like connected to the land. And, um, yeah, that's why, yeah, that's why I had them there. Um, but I would get my cell searched a lot because I think they knew that I wasn't actually in for any like drug related stuff. So I just like bumped up their statistics. So I was always like, oh God, here we go. Another cell search on a Sunday. But they'd always like the officers would just be like, what the hell has this girl got in her room? Like I just have all these roots <laughs> like drying out in my cell, like on the like prison radiator and like little bunches of things like hanging and they just be like, Nicole, you know, you're not allowed this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then they take it away. And then I just get more from the garden. And like, it was a bit of a game, I think. Um, they knew, you know, as long as they knew I wasn't bloody smoking it or whatever, I don't think they really cared. <laughs> oh, man. It's such a bummer to hear that the nights were even worse uh, in some ways than the days, because at, at the very least, I would hope that you would get some restorative sleep or something. But it, it doesn't sound like that. It was even the case. I mean, I think. I think sometimes when people get locked in, there is a bit of a sense of like respite from the wing and like from the like risk of violence from officers or other prisoners. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that's also like when you're like in the cage, you know, like when you're in this like tiny room and you can't get out. So that's when like the claustrophobia kicks in or like, yeah. And then all this other, and that's why people are kicking off and like banging their doors and screaming and stuff is because they're like distressed, like in their cells, if that makes sense. So mm. Um, yeah, it was always, it was always pretty rowdy, pretty much all times of day. Luckily I'm like quite a good sleeper in general. Um, <laughs> That's good. So I was lucky, but yeah. Oh, I would be screwed because yeah, I like white noise and pitch black and, and all this. I would have to adjust, but, um, uh, I wore a dandelion hoodie in honor of today. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you can see that or not, but I, I was, I was curious if um, you wanted to speak a little bit more to your infatuation with uh, dandelion or, you know, maybe some of the health benefits or just why sure. do you like it? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's more of like a quality of like the tenacity of dandelion that um, like they're just everywhere. Right. And they're abundant and like they grow in this like urban environment and in the countryside. And like, yeah, I think for people in prison, like a lot of people have. Um, a lot of like liver issues you know relating to drugs and alcohol and like chronic stress and stuff like this and I think dandelion's like a real support um, for people like with those health challenges um, and there's also this like real like kind of cleansing action which I think you really need with chronic stress and all the stress hormones and everything else so um, yeah 
I don't know if you want me to speak, but I've got a whole episode of my podcast about Dandelion's medicinal properties, if anyone wants to check that out. Which you generously um, gave the audio to Herb Rally, which I haven't published that yet, which that'll be coming soon. But again, please, dear yeah, listener, cool. go go subscribe uh, to the Frontline Herbalism podcast. Um, uh, another Asteraceae plant family, which you just published an episode about is Daisy. And I'm 38 years old. I've been in this herbal game for a while now, but I know literally nothing about any sort of medicinal action on a daisy. Uh, can you speak to anything about the daisy plant? Sure. So like daisy, I guess, is like, our kind of like ours and like England, Wales, Scotland, like our version of like Arnica. So it's like been used for like bruises <clears throat> and wound care and stuff for a really long time. So actually in Roman times, um, the army surgeons would, unfortunately they would exploit like enslaved people to do it, but they would get them to harvest uh, daisy flowers like in mass and then make like a strong infusion. <clears throat> and then they would like soak fabric, like to make liniments. Um, and then they would wrap that around wounds, like from people from war, like especially things like spear wounds. Um, and yeah, I think that's like super interesting, if that makes sense. I'm like, too, I'm not too, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a lazy person, but like picking <laughs> daisies, you know, it's hard work. Like you're up and down, up and down. I did an Instagram post about daisy today, actually. And I was like, it's like doing like 300 squats, just like straight <laughs> off. Um so yeah, I think you could definitely need to get like kids involved and get them picking it. Yeah. But we use it a lot in our work in Calais, like we'll use it as part of our bruise ointment. Um, so yeah, it's definitely like still in kind of active herbal practice here, I would say. I saw that Instagram post. I was like, oh yeah, you get a workout and some good uh, herbalism <laughs> going on. That's great. Um, were there any other... Um like noticeable plant allies in the prison system. I, I know you kind of chatted about that in one of your episodes as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like in the like in the prisoners' herbal book, like I talk about like ten plants that I oh. found where I was. Um, so like plantain and like wild chamomile and yeah, daisies and rose and chickweed. Um, but I also talk about like all the other things that you can like buy in prison or like blag from somewhere like salt and pepper stuff like that um and how you can use those medicinally because unfortunately like a lot of people inside you know they still can't access any kind of garden you know like it is pure concrete um for some people so yeah every prison's like a bit different in terms of the like environmental conditions and things um so i was trying to encourage people to like yeah use what they can you know like i think prisoners are like often the most like thrifty people in the world of like what can you do with a dishcloth like you can make like ties for your curtains you can do this you can do that um and i think it's the same with plants in prison like you just got to get like super creative um yeah. i mean now i'm out i'm just like i've got all the accessories you know like the yeah. press <laughs> and the jars and the muslin and it's like yeah i'm like a sucker for like all the tools but yeah in prison you kind of don't really have any any gear whatsoever so it's just like working with fresh plants but i think that's like really nice also i guess um getting out after a couple of years of being in you probably just have such a gratitude for the freedom and and just the the probably the small things yeah like a hundred percent like i think and because i still like support like friends in prison and i still organize a lot of prisoner solidarity like i feel like there is this like daily affirmation of like I'm so lucky and like yeah I also like work with refugees in France and like every time I get home from working there I'm just like god I feel like the most like privileged person in the world and like the luckiest person in the world and 
yeah, my friends would like kill to, you know, be with plants like me. Apart from my friend Kev, like <laughs> he uh, he wrote like a joke review of the Prisoner's Herbal, being like, <laughs> "We're getting tortured enough. Like, why do we have to read this trash?" Um, just just to like take the piss out of me. But um, yeah, I haven't published it. He keeps pushing me to publish it. It would be funny. Maybe I'll put it online. <laughs> Uh, I do want to talk more about your book, but I was curious, are prisoners actually, first of all, I wanted to say, I really liked how in one of your episodes, you chatted about how different prisoners have different experiences, uh, especially in regards to what they have access to. So like, you know, I know you worked in the garden for the garden party or whatever. Um, and, uh, you had access to a lot of plants, but, um, are prisoners, uh, allowed to listen to your podcast? or some of them or do you know if they have um, access to like audio and stuff like that i don't think so like maybe mm. if people had like a smuggled phone or something um but even then i don't think they would burn their little data on on my podcast <laughs> um yeah but yeah like i think <clears throat> it is really worth stating that yeah like every prison is different in terms of what people have available to them and that's why I like really talk about people being able to connect with plants in different ways, like coloring them in. Like we've got a medicinal herb coloring book that we send to prisoners for free um, or just, yeah, people learning about them, reading about them. Like, it, you know, obviously if you can be close to a plant, that's amazing. But yeah, there's this incredible project that I wanted to plug called the Solitary Gardens. And they um, have been working with people in solitary confinement and the people in solitary confinement have been like designing the gardens for them to make on the outside. And then on the outside, they make the garden. Um, it always makes me cry when I talk about it because it's just the most amazing project. But they make the garden for them and then they like send them like pictures and stuff consistently of like what the garden looks like. And they can change things, you know, oh, I want roses up that bit or da da da. Um, yeah. And I just think that's just like the most like incredible, beautiful kind of abolitionist, herbalist like offering. Um, that's someone called Jackie Sumel. I think she's in New Orleans, but I'm not 100% sure. Really? I'll send, okay. I'll send so, you the link. Yeah. Please. Yeah. I always say New Orleans is my favorite city. So you're saying that's happening in the US? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so let me get this straight. The prisoners are helping design the gardens on the outside. So in the outside world, there's actual people building these gardens or growing these gardens and then sending the the prisoners back photos of the progress that's being made yeah yeah and then like the people doing the garden on the outside it's a lot of like ex-prisoners it's a lot of like prisoner family members and like stuff like that and then they're all learning about it and i think they also have a project called like the prisoners apothecary so they've also been making like herbal medicine from the plants there um yeah it's just like really stunning and they've got like all this amazing artwork as well because she's an artist so there's like huge murals of like imagine a landscape without prisons and like stuff like that it's like oh, it's really beautiful that's then i like organizing crush i'm like ah. <laughs> well they probably have a crush on you too yeah <laughs> <laughs> um well very good uh yeah let's let's hear about more about uh the prisoner's herbal book um can you tell us kind of more what's inside and everything sure so um, I think it's like 278 odd pages. It's a bit beastie. Um, there's 10 plant profiles and then there's this like big section about how to work with remedies. In the UK, we call it from the canteen, which is like the prison shop. But in the US, I think it's like the commissary. Um, and then there's also a section about like wound care um, because a lot of people might have some kind of injury and they can't always access like healthcare and they can't access like ongoing like wound care. So 
yeah if they can access different like herbal things that can support with that then that's ideal obviously like the whole book has like a you know like a disclaimer on it of just like it's not that I want prisoners to the same with any herbalism right it's not that I want to prevent them from going to the doctor you know like I want them to know full well like what medical care they need and to advocate for that but it's more about like how to support them to feel more alive feel more connected to the world around them to feel like inspired and motivated and like you know enlivened by plants and also like just to engage in like self-care right like prison strips away like every aspect of your autonomy like you have to like beg an officer to give you bloody toilet roll like let alone mm. access to healthcare. like I had a severe allergic reaction in prison and you know I was like nearly not breathing and this officer was like yeah yeah just put in an application like this written request and I was like mate look at my face like get me to the doctor um but yeah the healthcare is like so extreme that I think like any little difference we can make to keep people alive is like really important um while you know also having campaigns on the outside and like people fighting to like change conditions and um you know build alternatives but yeah so the books um got that and it's also like I think really nice resource for people on the outside like there's lots of you know like top tips for like harvesting and where to find things and like their medicinal qualities and it's really like low-tech herbalism you know it's not like make this percolation or da 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 it's like what can you do with fresh leaves like um so yeah and each copy like every every time someone buys a copy of the book then that covers the cost of like printing a book for a prisoner um and by some miracle it's just like evened out like over the years like all the income from the books has gone on books to prisoners and yeah we've always kind of just managed I'm in a little bit of debt to the to the publisher I'm not gonna lie but like generally we've like managed to like keep that going and get them distributed around the world and stuff um yeah wow that's so cool that you uh donate the books have you heard from any prisoners who've read the book at all or Ah, uh, like I've got like a whole website page with like testimonials um, from people who've like written. Um, and then, yeah, I've just got like huge box of letters, like from people just like super sweet, like people who are like, oh, like my dad died, like when I was in prison and when I get out, I'm going to like build a herb garden for him. And like, yeah, people who, yeah, just like wanted to die and then like discovered some kind of plan or like yeah there's lots of like really moving um moving testimonials um yeah awesome uh do you uh do you feel like this is like your your life's work do you think you're going to be doing this and working on this for a, a long time um i mean i've been my first boyfriend actually went to prison when i was like 16 years old so i'm already like 18 years in wow. um yeah. 18 years is that right i'm 35 now yeah. um but yeah, so like, I think, I don't know, I go in phases where I'm like, oh, this works like really harming me, especially with my PTSD and stuff. And maybe it's not right. And then I, I just always come back to the same place of just like, until like all the prisons are empty, like, I'm going to be doing this. Like if there's like humans and animals like in these cages, then like, this is my work. Um, and I know like the world is burning and there's like all these different like social struggles and like different things for people to do and focus on. But like, yeah, I really feel like prisons are like my thing. It's a weird niche. Like it's not a fun niche, but it's like, you know, I think, yeah, it's been really beautiful to combine it with herbalism because like, yeah, herbalism has always felt like the antidote, like the, you know, the nourishing, beautiful, life-affirming thing that offsets all like the horror and the trauma. 
um and then now being able to like combine it and to like feel supported with that like to get you know requests like yours to be on the podcast or for people to share the book and stuff it's like you know oh cool like people you know people are into it like and I feel supported so that's awesome well yeah if you're listening to this podcast please buy a copy of the book and then a copy will go to a prisoner which is rad and I'm gonna I'm gonna get one so maybe (laughs) Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe when we got some more, more dough, we'll, uh, we'll buy multiples, but, uh, yeah, I'll definitely pick one up and I, I would love to read it anyways, but, um, yeah, uh, some, some really great work you're doing. Uh, it sounds like your introduction to herbalism was in prison. Uh, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm curious, uh, what your first, uh, herbal apprenticeship was. Cause it sounds like you, you took one or maybe you're currently in one. Um, yeah. So like, in England, like it's quite institutional, the learning, like people often go to university and do like a three-year degree. Um, and yeah, that just like wasn't on the cards for me, like, so to speak, like, like I said, like I left home when I was 16, I didn't finish like further education, uh, didn't come from kind of money, like uni didn't feel possible. Um, and then with my criminal record with this, even though it was a political thing, like the National Institute Medical Herbalist here basically rejected me. <laughs> so, oh. so then for like 10 years, I was just on a warpath of like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to teach myself. I'm going to do like every online course possible. I'm just going to read everything. And I had this real like approach, but I kind of kept coming up against like limits of knowledge and practice. Um, and then I found this incredible school in Ireland called the Plant Medicine School. And they offer like a four-year clinical training pathway. Um, and yeah, they were just like supportive and, you know, trying to get books into prisoners in Ireland and like good politics and yeah, quite sort of working class. Like one of my tutors was really amazing and just, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I studied with them for four years and now I'm like, you know, quote unquote, like a clinical herbalist. Um, <laughs> yeah. It just feels weird. Right. Because I just really think like everyone's a herbalist, like, but yeah, sure. it's, it's nice to have some, like a bit of safety behind me of like having insurance and being registered and like having, you know, some like clinical, like, you know, I think the skin, clinical skills are really important if that's your path. Um, and I've definitely enjoyed being able to like work with people with more like clinical complexity and do more like first aid work and wound care work and yeah so yeah I've just been just trying to study all that stuff for a long time I'm not a very well-traveled person at least as far as I've traveled a lot in the U.S. but I've never traveled abroad um I'm curious what uh what's the herbal community like where you're at are there herb conferences and, and all sorts of events happening just like there is here in the states um like yeah I think I think like compared to other countries in Europe like the UK is like very abundant in terms of herbalism um we used to have like this radical herbalism gathering for several years which was like quite a big like confluence of people um but yeah I think probably I don't know it's hard isn't it with the pandemic to like remember what it was like before (laughs) um I mean like yeah I know this can alienate some people but I think the herbal scene here has been quite I mean I am white as well but like kind of white middle class and like it has felt like yeah not always like my scene if that makes sense and because I learned learned herbalism in prison it's like it's like a different entry um however there are lots of amazing herbalists here and lots of grassroots projects and um yeah I think compared to lots of countries like we're very lucky to have so many resources and people and projects and stuff so yeah uh I saw or I heard in one of your episodes that Commonwealth School 
um, in, in Boston here in the States donated, uh, I want to say you said they're like written course to the prisoners. Um, did you happen to study with the Com- Commonwealth Herbs, Katya and Rin? Uh, no, I haven't, but they've been like incredible in terms of being supportive of the project. Like they've basically just said we can use like any of their learning materials. And we've been printing off like the transcripts and sending them to people in prison here um, because they have like a program where they're also supporting prisoners um, in the US. But I think we're going to try and develop this year like a specific prisoner program. Um, I just need to like get some funding for it and stuff. Um, but yeah. But no, they've been amazing. And like, yeah, we've we've been sending their stuff into people in prison here. And I really like their kind of like approach to herbalism. And yeah. Well, shout out. That's Katja Swift and Rin Madura. They have a podcast as well called Holistic Herbalism Podcast, I want to say. Uh, and fun fact, they actually did the first episode of the Herb Rally podcast, too. So they're, they've been very yeah. generous to Herb, Herb Rally over the years. And it sounds like uh, to your projects as well. So um maybe this is a good time to ask uh and we could kind of reiterate at the end of the show too but uh what are some ways that the listeners could kind of help your project your various projects um so we have like a crew called the prisoner herbalism collective which is like very loose um network of people and kind of engaged in this so we have folks in the us that like pick up letters from the po box um and send books to prisoners and we have people in england who do the same Um, And then there's people who just generally like promoting things and um, trying to build these connections. But people are welcome to get involved in that collective. Um, And we also have an option to like sponsor a box of herbals. So if you wanted to like get, for example, like 30 books to a prison, then someone could like donate and that would cover our costs for that. So that's like very welcomed. Um, And then, yeah, just like, I mean, my like the Solidarity Apothecary in general is like really focused on supporting people experiencing state violence in different ways. And part of that is like, I send like care packages to people um, who are like defendants, like going through cases or like political repression, um, prisoner family members, like um, yeah, people engaged in like different stuff in England, like grassroots organizing. And I send stuff to the US too, but yeah, if there's any like former prisoners listening or like prisoner family members who are just struggling with the weight of that, of visiting their loved one in prison, being separated from them, then I would really love to like gift you some medicine, just like some self-care stuff for the nervous system and the immune system, things like that. Um, so yeah, that's another way people can support is kind of like encouraging folks to contact me that would value like a bit of herbal solidarity. Have you ever received any sort of like large corporate sponsorships or anything like that um not (laughs) (laughs) i mean like our like our um calais project like our mobile clinic with refugees we've had support from an amazing crew called planta medica who are like a growers cooperative they kind of like funded us for like two years but that funding has stopped now um but yeah i have no morals just give me all your money i'll take it (laughs) anywhere No, uh we have a company here in the u.s called mountain rose herbs and uh they have a thing that they host every year called grants for plants uh and you know i can't guarantee you'd win or anything like that but i definitely think it'd be worth applying okay. I, i'm not sure if they uh fund overseas uh projects or not but it's uh, i could look into it and let you know regardless oh, but amazing. i used to be on the team to to help like select those winners and stuff like that oh. but um uh, okay um right on well well very cool um who have been some of your herbal mentors? Ooh, um, humans or plants or? Ooh, uh, good, good call. <laughs> let's let's go. Let's start with humans. 
humans um <laughs> i'm gonna have yeah. to specify next time <laughs> i mean i think like everyone that works at the plant medicine school really in ireland um there's like different teachers there like um nikki and jane and marie and joe um i feel bad that i'm just like wow i can't remember anyone's surnames um which is problematic <laughs> but yeah like they're yeah they're just like incredible in terms of um supporting me to develop clinically and stuff um and yeah, like in the Calais project, we have had like a lot of, um, we always have like a clinical supervisor working in the clinic. So that's normally like a doctor or a medical herbalist who's had like a decade or more experience. So there's different people in that who've been amazing and taught me a huge amount as well. Um, yeah. Sweet. How about plant mentors? Uh, well, just all <laughs> the babes in the Prison of Herbal book. Sure. And many, many more. Yeah. Totally. Uh, well. I did want to read an excerpt from a blog you published about this on your uh, Instagram uh, recently uh, about herbs for anger and rage. And uh, it just kind of caught my eye. So you said calming down or fighting back. It's really common in herbal or alternative health circles to envision the desired state of human existence to somehow be as calm as a pond at all times. We learn that stress is toxic and punish ourselves from our reactivity. If we get angry, we obviously have, haven't done enough personal development work. Yet, faced with the horror of state violence, harming the people I love with all my body, with all my body, is it not totally normal to be angry? Is it not anger that propels me to fight to free IPP prisoners or to overturn Sam's conviction? Yes, it's love that drives me, that sustains me, but anger plays its role. So I was just kind of curious if you could kind of talk a little bit more about that and maybe throw in some the some of the herbs for anger and rage oh yeah sure like i think for me it's more like um a lot of kind of like herbal or like holistic health stuff is very orientated towards you know like often like say like spiritual bypassing or just like not everything's like often very individualistic and it's like not confronting like these like systemic forms of injustice um, and I think, yeah, there's like often this um, pathologizing of like our body's reactions to things. And I kind of think like if your friend is likely to die in cancer, die of cancer in prison, unless you like take action, then that's like that stress is like communicating to you that you need to do something and it's important and it's information. And yeah, so I think for me, it's kind of like trying to live in a world where like we need we need feedback from our systems. And I think herbalism is being about connected to the world, like plants and human and everything else. And I think that means like not turning away and like having our eyes open to like what's happening around us. Um, and then, yeah, receiving that information and like responding with our bodies and like taking action. And I think anger is often like pathologized as bad. I mean, it can definitely like burn you out. Like I've definitely burned out the hard way. Um, but I think, yeah, for me, I don't ever want herbalism to be like a process of pacification. Like I want it to be a way that I feel more connected to the land, like more strong. Like, you know, I've got this like sleeve on my arm, a tattoo sleeve where it says like never alone. And mm. like, I really got that from this kind of like animist perspective of just like, okay, they might have prisons, they might have motorways, they might have like armies, whatever, but like we have, like nature you know like we're stronger like we have storms and trees and birds and like succession you know like you can't just like pave 
everything like nature will like fight back and that makes me feel really strong and able to be like okay let's like resist these systems of oppression and like keep going um but yeah but then I also can hold the complexity that like <clears throat> constantly being in like fight or flight or being triggered all the time is also like not a good place to fight from because like you know you're very like emotionally reactive and exhausted whereas like when you're more kind of I don't like the language of self-regulation that much but when you are more like grounded and live like you can make better decisions you can be more strategic you can organize more like long term and effectively and you can connect with other people better um so that's why I think like plants are incredible because they can help us feel like soothed and supported and in that blog I think I only reference like a few a couple of plants but one of them is like rose um which is in the prisoner's herbal as well and I think rose is like very cooling and anti-inflammatory for like you know inflamed blood vessels which is like very common with like this fight or flight response and it's yeah very like nourishing to like the emotional heart and everything else so like for me it's more like just a big hug being like I got you like I feel your pain like but we can do this kind of thing and yeah and like not letting trauma like shut you down enough that you don't love anymore you know because I do think this sounds so cheesy and hippie-ish but like I do think that that love is like the sustainable engine you know like I think yeah my love <laughs> my love for my friends in prison has like kept me going like much more than my hatred of the system you know like um but yeah Man, so many different points I wanted to touch on there. Um, uh, I it just occurred to me you you were talking about rose, and then I was like, I suppose it wouldn't matter if they're probably all you know sprayed with Roundup or or you know toxic chemicals. At that point, you'll take whatever kind of herbal medicine you could get, right? Yeah, I mean, I think like we were lucky that they didn't spray because it was weird. It was like they needed the prisoners to have something to do. So like they actually needed us to like monotonously weed for like weeks on end because that occupied us rather than like just like kind of effectively spraying everything and killing it. Does that make sense? So it was kind totally. of weird. Um, and I think it's the same like with a lot of like weird prison labor stuff. It's like they actually just want you to do it. Like they just want you to be like occupied and be doing something like mundane and soul destroying um but you know i would never weed properly i'd always just like leave a bit of root in you know like know that i'd come back to that spot um yeah nice you hacked the system <laughs> um i saw that you were offering a online course uh herbalism ptsd and traumatic stress uh it looks like it's closed now but i was just curious is, is this something you're going to be offering uh annually uh, also i wanted to give you props because it looks like you made it like a sliding scale course which i really admired uh but yeah can you speak to that course and like is that going to be offered again and everything sure yeah um so i'm going to offer it like twice a year like once in the spring and once in the autumn so i'll hopefully launch it again in october um, and I wish I could have it open like all year round, but it's like a huge amount of admin um, and I'm very busy. <laughs> so it's like better to just like open it and close it. Um, sure. But yeah, it's like completely self-paced. Like I tried to design it thinking about people who have very overwhelmed nervous systems and yeah, like not having like online group calls or like triggering group forums that aren't moderated well like all of these things that make it challenging for someone with like PTSD to participate I just wanted to make this like nourishing offering that was like you pick it up when you've got the energy there's no pressure there's no guilt you just like roll with it follow your desires follow what you're interested in 
Um, so there's like 60 lessons uh, and wow. eight modules. And it's all about how trauma shapes the body, like long-term effects of trauma and in terms of like chronic illness and disease um, and kind of like how we can shape it back. So like stuff about nervous system, like anatomy and physiology and um, this polyvagal theory, um, which is looking at different nervous system states. And then it's really about like collective responses to traumatic stress. So like, I don't think people can heal in any kind of isolation, you know, it's like, how can we do things with other people? Um, and there's like a whole framework with that. And then there's basically just like two massive modules with like a deep dive into different nervines. So like plants that have an affinity with the nervous system. And we look at them in like super nuanced ways of like, um, I don't really touch on their like other general qualities, but I really look at plants like as nervines and like, yeah, when they're maybe appropriate for someone who's like extremely like hyper aroused or hyper vigilant, or when maybe something is like potentially like too hypnotic or too sedative. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it was a huge like labor of love. Um, but I launched it in February and it's had loads of support and, um, yeah, I'm really grateful. Like the sliding scale was like a bit of a risk, but every single sale felt amazing. Like every time someone donated, it felt amazing. Every time someone accessed it for free, like I didn't, I told people like, you don't need to disclose like your financial circumstances. Like, you know, I hate that shit. Like I was the kid that, you know, got the free school meals or whatever. Like I'm not into that. But people would still send me these emails about their lives and like why it meant so much to them that they could access it. And like, so yeah, the whole thing like felt good in terms of like trying to do it in like a liberating way. That was like a bit of an experiment. Um, and I think touch wood, it's like paid off. I'm getting lots of like sweet emails and feedback about it. Um, mm. But yeah, so hopefully, yeah, there's a waiting list. If people sign up to that, then they get like a discount. That's like the only place I offer a discount. Um, and yeah, I will, yeah, hopefully launch it at the beginning of October. Yeah, I guess uh, if people want to learn more and sign up, they could sign up for your newsletter, which I just subscribed to. Uh, actually, I thought it was cool. I, it was probably an auto-generated email, but in your newsletter, you said uh, building relationships is one of the most revolutionary things we can do. Uh, and I just really love that. And I was wondering if you could kind of speak to that a little bit. I get so much feedback from that email. Really? Like, it's so cute. Yeah. People are like, wow, I've never, re <laughs> I've never replied to like an auto generated newsletter email. But, yeah. It's, it's funny. Like, I think, yeah. Like for me, like, you know, like prison or like state violence, like it's all about like severing relationships. It's all about dehumanizing people, separating them from the land, separating them from people they love. And I think like, yeah, the remedy for that is like all about like connection and relationships and like our movements or communities or whatever, like they're really only as strong as those bonds. And yeah, so like, I think, yeah, it's kind of something I try to prioritize um, in my life and in my political organizing is like, yeah, relationships in general. Um, so yeah, I always encourage people to like, tell me about themselves and what they're up to and like, keep building these networks and these friendships and stuff. I love it. Uh, just from a personal curiosity standpoint, I'm curious how your uh, podcast has been received and like uh, what the listenership's like. Is it is it worldwide? And you know, are people giving you positive feedback on it? Uh, yeah, I need to I need to have a like a look at the analytics. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe we can have like a little comparison. Of, like I have 
I just have no idea like what's meant to be good. Do you know what I mean? Like I Googled sure. it and it was like, if you have more than 200 downloads, then like, I was like, oh, that's cool. I've got like 2000 downloads, but I have no idea if that's good or not. But um, yeah. yeah I'll just, just like, tell you, we get 2000 downloads per episode. Like that's the, that's kind of like the, and I wasn't even necessarily referring to like how many downloads you get per episode, but like I was, yeah, I was genuinely curious. Are like are a lot of the listeners coming from the UK and or is it worldwide? Yeah, I think I think it's like quite I think it's quite global or at least like on the map. I'm like, oh, I bet that's my friend in Belarus. Like, like <laughs> one person who's like downloaded it or something. And that's that hilarious. Um, but so who knows? No, I mean, who it is. yeah, um, it's definitely not 2000 downloads an episode, um, but in yeah. total. But um, yeah, but no, I've been getting sweet feedback and I put in one of the episodes, I was like, if you're one of the queers listening to this, like who likes plants? And then like I got like three people emailing me, like, I'm one of the queers that likes plants. And I was like, yeah. Um, so that was nice. Very good. Well, yeah, like I mentioned a couple of times in this uh show, please go subscribe to her podcast. Um, yeah, just a couple more questions. Um, I uh what is your big why for being an herbalist and what keeps you learning and growing? Ooh. Um, I guess we probably kind of covered it, uh, but yeah, I think, I think like my big why is just like trying to find a way of being in the world that's more liberating. And I think the medical industrial complex like causes like vast amounts of harm and pollution and everything else. And I think herbalism is this like amazing toolkit for like building like autonomy and resilience and, you know, resilience to climate change and, um, countering like systems of harm and oppression and i think plants are just like one pathway into that um you know maybe other people connect via like music or whatever so i think yeah um and in terms of like learning and growing like i yeah i mean just yeah keeping on keeping on really like there's like a million herbal courses i've always wanted to do and now i've got <laughs> yeah. a little bit more money from the course launch so i'm gonna hopefully get stuck into things um and yeah i just want to like yeah keep connecting with people around the world that are on the kind of same page really i'd love to do a project with people leaving prison like in terms of mm. like kind of like collectively looking at each other's health and like trying new things and doing foraging and stuff like that like i feel like sometimes everything is such a big scale you know this podcast and i'm sending hundreds of books out and it's all very like distant but like i think you forget how meaningful it is when you just have that like one interaction with someone who you've supported like um like I had a call with someone recently that I'd been supporting one-to-one -one and like they're just thriving like they just have all this language for their nervous system and are starting all these like kind of radical traumary projects and I'm just like yes like this is <laughs> awesome so um yeah I love that um you're you're uh, gonna take your your monetary gains from your course sales and buy more courses for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a true herbalist. So it sounds like, um, so yeah, you're doing teaching. Uh, you are seeing clients. Yeah. 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 I kind of paused. I paused last year. Like my best friend killed himself in prison. Oh. Um, and I kind of just like lost the plot for a while. So I mm. just didn't have like the spoons for the one-to-one -one stuff. And also like with the invasion of Ukraine, like we have this Ukraine Herbal Solidarity Project. Um, so that kind of like took most of last year out. But yeah, this year I'm starting to see people again. Um, and yeah, trying to balance that with working in France um, in our refugee clinic where we see like hundreds of people a week. So it's hard to fit it all in, but I'm trying. 
<laughs> I'm sorry to hear about your friend. Um, I'm sure that's I've I've experienced that in my life, and that's it, uh, yeah. I can't, there's no words for it. Um, I suppose that's a common issue in the prison system. Yeah, I mean, like at one point, the UK had like the highest rate of prisoner suicides in the world. I know that like not all countries will document that. Um, but yeah, like I think it's a result of like certain types of sentence here and um pressures people are under and stuff. Um but yeah. Oh well keep up the good work. This this all needs to change. Um I'm so happy and grateful to know that there's people out there like you doing the doing the work. And like you said, we can't tackle every single big issue. We've just got to kind of do what we can in our corners of the world and just hope to make a better change. So, um, do you have any kind of like parting words or, uh, inspiration to give to the audience or, you know, maybe reiterate how we can help you or. Um, just like, again, like a shameless plug for donations. So like I do this thing called Ukraine Herbal Solidarity. So we've been supporting like last year we distributed like 18,000 medicines to refugees, like fleeing the invasion. Um, and we try and get medicines to the front as well, like fire grassroots, like anti-authoritarian groups that are distributing to people who've like stayed behind to resist. Um, so we're always desperate for funds with that. Um, and yeah, and the Calais project, we have like a mobile herbal clinic in Calais in Northern France, and we've supported like 10,000 refugees since 2019. Wow. And um, we have like, yeah, this mobile clinic, we take people to hospital, we make loads of like cough syrup and chest rub and different like self-care things. But we're also totally broke. We also lost our main funder. So yeah, there's like two crowdfunders that I often I'm like plugging on the old Instagram or my newsletter or whatever. So yeah, just any donations for those are like super welcome and yeah please request a copy of the prisoners herbal for like anyone you know inside um and yeah i just like appreciate every little thing whether it's like one little share on instagram or one little email like you have no idea how how nice it can feel to get like an opportunity come in after you've had like a horrible prison visit or something and to just be like wow people care like and yeah we're kind of stronger so well, yeah, uh, if you're listening and you work for a, some giant herbal company, please you know, <laughs> send Nicole lots of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Also, I want to say you've got a great Instagram page, solidarity.apotheca, right? Yeah. Apothecary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I was misreading that. <laughs> <laughs> At solidarity.apothecary. Um, yeah. And again, sign up for the newsletter, check out the podcast and um yeah, well, thank you so much for being on the show, Nicole. Uh, any uh, Anything else you got from me? No, just thank you. Like, thank you for, like, so consistently sharing content, like, so abundantly. And, like, yeah, I'm sure, like, thousands of people around the world have been, like, learning from your platform. And, like, yeah, I'm sure the plants are, like, woohoo! Thank you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks that's, again. That, that's my role and uh, happy to do it and love doing it. So, um Right on. Well, with that, we'll we'll wrap this up. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Frontline Herbalism podcast. You can find the transcript, the links, all the resources from the show at solidarityapothecary.org forward slash podcast.